0: But it's been scaling up over the last three years, exponentially up in the number of attacks. And something that's really, really, really encouraging to me is that we've seen that the banks, the the major investment banks, the the Bank of Americas of the world that that we know and love are actually the ones that have the the, the quickest and uh most efficient responses they have the tools the processes and uh just the understanding in place of how to consume open source and i don't know if that was true five years ago
1: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are this is grizz griswold and this is the open source and finance podcast sit back relax and enjoy hit the music <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold of Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today, I have with me uh, two friends, actually, um, who are going to be talking a little bit about open source and financial services, uh, something that is a hazard on this show. Um, Eddie Knight uh, from Sonotype and Colin Griffin from um, I'm What I'm going to do is just uh, let you guys introduce yourselves and then uh, we'll go into everything else. Eddie, do you want to go ahead and start?
0: Yeah. Uh, By all means, my name is Eddie Knight. We're a persona type, as Grizz, you just mentioned. Um, I'm a developer advocate. I work in the open source relations and engagements, uh, so that's where I've spent a lot of time with you, Grizz, and uh, working as a maintainer on one of the projects. Very good. And
1: yes, uh, Yes. uh, Eddie's, hold on, Eddie's been like, he's gotten me through a lot of things with other organizations that he 's worked with before and also helped me learn you know a lot of things that i don 't know within financial services and technology um, over the past what year and a half or so and then <laughs> I have my other friend, Colin Griffin from Cromware, and Colin basically helps me when I have no idea what the developers are talking about. And, and I just, I, I walk into his office uh, because we we have very close offices and I walk over and go, Colin, what did they just say? So Colin, introduce yourself, how are you doing? Uh, thank you. Um, I am Colin Griffin.
2: Um, I am technically chief engineer here at Chromeware. I consider myself a solutions architect. I'm focused on developer advocacy, uh, as well as uh, capabilities enablement. Uh, what we try to do is, is help folks in various industries understand how to adopt uh, and implement next generation technologies. And we're really focused on the developers. So what are the de- what are the tools that developers should be using and how do they actually get started using those?
1: Very cool. Cool. Um, so I say cool a lot in these podcasts. I say um and moo many times as well. So just used to that and have a good time with it and if you want to do a counter as we go just tally them up um one so what i want to do with this podcast today is um you know it, it brought the two of you in and and what what we're looking at here is listen i work for finos i'm at this foundation i've been here for five years and you know i i generally know what happens you know, on a daily basis within Finos as as a leader in Finos, um, and then Eddie, you know, Eddie is a maintainer for the CFI project project for you know one of our open source projects, and so Eddie has seen from a main a contributor, a maintainer, and a developer, you know, how things you know seem to work within the open source projects in financial services, and then Colin is coming into you know, this community more and more. Um, and so, so as a developer, um, and as a leader leader in developing and, and managing other developers, um, you know, I wanted to see as you come into here, you know, what you're seeing. So, so I need to stop talking, Eddie, you know, (laughs) let's talk to you first. Um, You know, again, as a maintainer, as a contributor, as, you know, someone who is, you know, worked for multiple companies that that has been involved with Finos, but but really with open source, you know, projects um, as a developer, you know, how are you seeing the financial services industry? How are you seeing, um, you know, from your unique perspective, uh, you know, how open source is affecting FSI in the first place?
0: Oh, wow. You sounded like you're leading up to a really specific question. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. And then you just <laughs> you ripped the entire chest. There you go, Gris. Just, just, how just talk is about it open all. Source, how is open source affecting the financial services industry? Wow. Okay, if you if you want to go into now, I can, I can little go. pockets. I could so go. Ready. It just might not be a short answer.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. We only have three hours for this podcast. Go for okay, it. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Well, then we're good. We're good. The baby's going to wake up in that three hours, though. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think I'll just pick one thing that that I think is like really encouraging to me um, is that uh, recently I've been spending a lot more time working with uh, with our security researchers here inside of uh, Sonatype, and there's just so many, so many, so many different malicious packages and, and different ways that uh, people have been attacking large enterprises for the last 15 years but it's been scaling up over the last three years and like exponentially up in the number of attacks. And something that's really, really, really encouraging to me is that we've seen that the banks, the, the major investment banks, the the Bank of America's of the world that, that we know and love, depending on who you are, uh, are actually the ones that have the, the, the quickest and uh, most efficient responses. They have the tools, the processes, and uh, just the understanding in place of how to consume open source. And I don't know if that was true five years ago. When I was was first writing code inside of a bank, uh, I don't think that there was a lot of consideration around our supply chain security. There wasn't any from my perspective, at least, but right. I was doing my imports. I didn't think about it at all. But in the last few years, uh, as I've written code inside of banks and as I've looked at the statistics of the consumption and the attacks, the banks and the financial services institutions are the ones that are adapting the most quickly. It, and that's really encouraging to me. And selfishly, I like to be like, that's because Finos has been doing their job, but that's, that's speculative. <laughs>
1: I think it's a fact actually, but, um, but we won't, we won't, we won't publish that online at all. <clears throat> oh, well, um, <laughs> so, thanks, Eddie. Um, so Colin, uh, you know, same, same type of thing that, that again, you know, you and I have had discussions over the past year, um, as you've been looking at this industry more and more and, and I know that, and whether you can talk about them or not, I know that you work with um, some partners and some members of Finos as well. So, um, you know, what, what are you seeing, you know, either different from what Eddie is talking about or, or, you know, are are you seeing some of the same things and, and again, you know, coming from a purely developer type company, you know, um, what do you see as possibilities as well within this industry?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, a year or two ago when we first started giving more attention to, Fintech um, or FinServe in general, uh, there was maybe a mentality of of kind of, hold on, don't talk about those things yet. We're not quite ready for these things. Sure. Um, Whether it was infrastructure or front-end methodologies, uh, back-end methodologies, whatever. Um, And maybe at the time, I wasn't sure. I I guess it could have been related to the level of adoption of open source in uh, FinTech. Maybe. Uh, maybe not, but again, you're kind of coming at it fresh. Um, it's it's interesting to see in other industries the level of adoption and the velocity of adoption for different technologies. Like a lot of the things that we're seeing evolving quickly today are. Um, you know, supply chain security is a huge focus. Obviously there's uh, all kinds of evolution and techniques and in, in front-end and application development delivery and things happening there. Um, and there's a ton in platform engineering and in infrastructure as code, GitOps, just a lot of things that are moving that I, I think two or three years ago would have been non-starters or no-goes um, in, in this section of the industry. And it's been really fun lately to kind of see that, uh, one, that, that mentality has completely inversed. Um, I, I want to highlight that our, our experience when talking with stakeholders um, in the financial services space now is, is we're talking to people that are decision makers and technical decision makers that are heavily involved in the collaboration process in these projects, whether it's open source projects or just new technology development in general. And it, that's very, very different than what we saw in the past. Um, but I think one thing that the industry or that uh, financial services has going for it right now is that, uh, like Eddie highlighted, there's a, a strong focus around uh, tightening up the supply chain, or just software delivery, or the way our services are hosted, or things that would have been restrictive in the past. That that now a lot of uh, other industries are trying to learn from and adopt. So in, instead of FinServe being kind of on this lag behind this uh, of this adoption curve, where they're waiting to to, for tools and things to evolve in mainstream before they're ready to consume, we're actually seeing that now they're ahead and things like the supply chain security, um, platform engineering, um, some of the other projects that especially that Finos is working on, um, compliance code and a lot of these other things are actually going to trickle down to the other industries as opposed to what we historically think of as the opposite direction. But I think from my perspective as a developer, it's very refreshing actually to be coming into this, uh, this environment, being able to bring skills and things that we've been doing for several years and, and having them welcomed with open arms, finally, um, you know, whether it's micro front ends or API gateways or just ways that that people are starting to share information across projects and data sets and things like that. Um, it, it makes it much more accessible to, to come in and actually collaborate and contribute and do all that. And I'm, I'm really excited about where that's going. And I, I think that's a driver, selfishly, for some of our focus on this. Um, and especially being here today is there are, there's a lot of exciting things happening and we wanna be a part of that. And uh, instead of being a lag behind, now we have a chance to drive that from uh, Finserv, which is super cool.
1: Yeah, that's, um, it, it, I, I'm in total agreement With looking at this coming in five years ago, first of all, not understanding the financial services industry at all and coming from the open source side. And I've said many times on this podcast, and and I'm sure the two of you have heard me as well, like uh, 10 years ago and the open source conferences I was involved in, you know, we were like, rah, 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 open source. Well, guess what? You know, like five years later, that was like 12 years ago, five years later coming into here and then even, you know, I still feel like it's even been in the past couple of years, um, you know, into twenty twenty that that we're you know in financial services we've been saying rah 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 open source, um, and we still have to say that on a daily basis, you know, because there are some decision makers that they didn't grow up with this, they didn't you know it wasn't part of of what they did. I, I think that you know I may be a little bit older than the two of you is my guess, um, even though as as Colin pointed out, um, I must have this filter on on uh, Zoom that uh, makes me look so much younger, um, <laughs> but um, but I, I I think that I'm assuming that as you two grew up in in the developer world that and and then you know as as my son and my daughters start coming through here and then you know Eddie when your son I mean, like that open source is just part of what you do, your, your resumes on GitHub or GitLab. And, and it's, it's just like, it's, it's baked into what you do in, in, um, you know, on a daily basis as a developer, where I don't think that that happened for a lot of the people that are in, you know, managing director roles that are, you know, in architecture, um uh you know, now. And um so, so I think there's some of that, and it's not, and it's not necessarily an old guard thing. I, I think that, you know, it's very easy for a decision maker to understand, hey, this costs less, but you have to show them how it costs less, you know, and and um. but I think that, you know, as a developer that we're seeing more and more that, you know, there's an influx of open source developers coming into this industry, um, which should, you know, help make it a, a better industry overall is the hope, um, but also make it, you know, like you're both saying, more secure um, and, you know, and in fact, um, you know, here's where I want to kind of switch. Uh, we're, we're going to play bingo for a second. Um, so this is this is a new segment on uh, the show. <laughs> Everything gets tried this time, um, but I'm going to share my screen for a second. And um, if you have not already downloaded it um, to anybody listening or watching right now, um Finos has done now two years in a row the um, State of Open Source and Financial Services Report. And this is a survey that happens midway through the year. Um, We get as many financial services employees, um, mainly from... Uh, sell side banks uh, buy side companies uh, we continue to try to push out to where you know it's it's really coming from the financial services um companies and maybe even some of the consultants that work with them and to get their input on um you know where they see things you know and where they are right now and and i kind of wanted to look at um you know, I like pictures. <clears throat> um, so uh, if, if you're listening right now, we're we're looking at a whole bunch of pictures and infographics that um, came from the survey. And I want to, you know, look at a couple of them and see what you think based on what you just, you know, talked about and and maybe kind of expand on them and, and either, you know, see from your perspective, if this is what you're actually seeing um, or, you know, maybe even how, how can we push a little bit further in, you know, in adoption, um, in different levels. So, um, let's take one, for example, uh, let's start with the easiest one, which is at the, you know, usually at the bottom of the open source maturity curve, which is consumption. All right. Um, and so open source consumption is encouraged at 48% of organizations, almost double the number from 2021 um so i'm gonna stop sharing we'll come back to it later um unless you just forgot what i just said <laughs> so um, i'm just
0: disappointed that i didn't see you pull out your bingo rule <laughs> till i pull down the number
1: i i i uh n31 um <laughs> so 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 it's encouraged at 48 percent of organizations and that you know, at least from the survey that we've done year over year, that's doubled from last year. So, so tell me about, you know, again, with, with the work that you two have done, you know, on the consumption side, um, is there anything there? Do you, you know, do you think that's an accurate representation, first of all? Um, but second, you know, like with bombs and, you know, and things like that, like, how can we increase that Consumption within the financial services industry, do you think? And
0: either one of you can take that. Yeah. If I could go first, um, <clears throat> I think I want to do a mild pushback against the premise. Uh the premise is that there that we had the number of consumptions and the number of consumptions has increased by this much, right? Okay. But but in between there is, I mean, I I I'm not teaching anybody how to read statistics right now. You guys <laughs> understand this, but uh this is people's awareness of what they're doing true. right Very so true. we've not only increased in consumption but we've increased in awareness that we're consuming yeah. and, and that for 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 me is the biggest thing uh, whereas previously I think um, you might have found a company that said we don't use open source at all as they okay. run their cloud machines we, on Linux you know it's just that. like it's uh, yeah. Yeah. you do you do right. um, or or they use. Python to develop anything, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's some, there's some understanding level that I think has, has kind of grown. I've got more thoughts, but that was the first one that came to mind. Yeah. Colin?
2: Yeah. I'm, you know, it, not to provide more, more pushback. Um, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. I can talk um, with what Eddie's saying. Um, on there, There's a side of this that I kind of want to highlight a little bit to or, or attack maybe at some organizations. Um, there's a, a little bit of a mentality in the industry today that uh, developers just go do things on their own time and learn new tools just out of the goodness of their hearts. And because of course they're hobbyists and they do this in their free time. And where do they go to get um, experience in new technologies and other frameworks or whatever? Everything is, everything is open source that's new uh, essentially. And I worry, from looking at a statistic like that, that it's encouraged because that means that my developers are going and exposing themselves to these new things and it's okay. Right. Um, in the FinServe side, you know, maybe that's a very, very valid statistic to target because historically they might say, you've got an NDA, you can't go touch open source, you've got to protect this data, open source is scary. Um, and so I, I see that's highly encouraging in, uh, the, the fence space on, on the other hand, I do want to make sure that hopefully it's not just because I want my developers to go learn things and not have to pay them for that time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I think it, like what Eddie said, everyone's becoming more conscious that open source is where innovation is happening. It's like going straight to the source of, so we we'll a play yeah. there by accident. I think, but,
0: um we Um, might want to verbally highlight that your visuals had numbers for consumption and contribution increases. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. Very verbally highlighting that because I know we're not only putting out video here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and actually, you know, to that point, I want to now with what you just said, Colin, that one of the things that we've definitely seen, you know, increase in really in, in the past two years is, um, you know, financial services organization with OSPOs with open source program offices. So you know, the, so the corresponding you know, infographic to that is organizations with OSPOs are more than twice as likely to encourage open source consumption than those without. So the hope, I would, I would think, and I would like to hear your thoughts from both of you, is that the open source program office that should be. <sighs> fairly intimately involved with the knowledge of what is being consumed and what is being contributed and the licensing that's, you know, allowed by both, Um, that because the number of OSPO's have opened up over the past year, um, that, you know, that, that would, I guess there's a little more oversight maybe than there was when it was just... You know, the, you know, the architecture manager going, yeah, 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 go out and, and find things and we'll use them and figure out from there. Any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I've, I've got um, one interesting thing to consider and it's highlighting a little bit where some of the tools and industry is evolving. Um, we're starting to see a level of convergence between, uh, you know, business systems and processes and those developer technology systems and processes. Uh, they're they're starting to see a lot more overlap, and not to get buzzwordy, but um, the the evolution of like platform teams and platform development is is stri- is really emerging out of that. But the idea that we can provide the tools and the information necessary to to create that convergence and to give guardrails to developers, but to to give them rules about driving consumption, whether it's consumption of open source projects and tools that they can use, or it's access to infrastructure processes and other tools and information and systems that they need internally. And I think because a lot of organizations are trying to move with that mentality, it just comes along with it. And maybe it's a role that people aren't thinking about, but absolutely should be, that you need to be able to give your teams the information the guardrails and tell them how to consume this stuff and do it effectively. And again, going back to what I said earlier, i think FinServ was ahead of the game with regards to having processes in place to provide that type of information and you know maybe that is a direct uh a direct result of of having because we have more ospos today at these organizations maybe that's helping to drive and make it okay for the consumption i think that's really interesting
0: yeah i might i might piggyback off of um making it okay and uh look at an anecdote of making it easy uh or or even possible um there was a uh there's a situation mm, maybe right about a year ago where uh was in some open source stuff that inside of finos that i wanted to bring into a bank Mm -hmm. Uh, and i was full-time logging in with my little uh you know i think every bank employee has some version of this thing right um that's a fob for anybody uh yeah uh yeah. Listening along. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. But we already I was the last one to be like, remember, we're not only mm-hmm. on video. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. No, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got got a fob. Um, different kind of know. fob. Yep. Right. Um, and so uh so I was I was spending 40 hours a week logging in and um and there was a tool that Finos uh was making available and I wanted to get it in inside. Um, but I also wanted to be able to contribute back up to it. And so yep. this was like a a two-fold Great. conversation and um, and so I know that right now we're focusing on consumption for the for the point at hand. There's a transition <laughs> coming though. <Go> <laughs> but my uh, my situation was a little bit was was a little bit unique because I wasn't just appealing like, hey, I would like to bring this thing in and whitelist it. Um, but I wanted to make sure that hey, um, we're we're making this a, a bi-directional thing. I'd like to be able to pull this down and send stuff back up to it. And uh, and so I needed to reach out to a specific human. And finding that human in the bank that I was at was uh not intuitive uh it was was the only reason i was able to pull it off was because i was a tech lead on my particular team and i knew the tech leads on all the other teams and i just kept messaging people until somebody was like oh this guy uh manages all the open source stuff like he's he's got a, a website for it and all that kind of stuff right so i scheduled a call with him he hopped on he walked me through the process i was like oh that's that's easy that's great but uh there's this barrier to entry because you have to know the process and the workflow for it. Um, And that was a pseudo OSPO, right? If it was a full OSPO, then I would have somebody whose job it is to answer that question. There'd be a place that I know I can go that the whole company is aware of. The information would be more readily accessible, et cetera. But even having a pseudo OSPO in that situation was what made it possible for me to actually get the answers to those questions. Whereas a few years earlier, trying to do the exact same thing would have been literally impossible because there's just nobody to ask that question of. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, and, and before we go to,
1: you know, kind of the uh, contribution side, uh, I, we, we have maybe a release coming up in the next couple of weeks. They'll be talking about um, some, Additions to our board um so if you're listening to this, you're getting a, a preview of that. but I will say that um one of the additions to the board and a, a big addition is actually it's the head of an ospo from a bank, which you know we've not seen that before um know it's you know, it, 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 you know uh, caos managing directors that you know have been on the board um are on the board you know that is great, but it but it's interesting that now you know that that one person that's hiding out you know under with the you know that has the little website saying here's what we're doing that you're talking about like you know now that person is is actually you know one of the key people on not that particular person but but is a key person you know on our board because that is such an instrumental you know job that is being done now within not just open source and financial services but you know the entire technology stack as well um so so that's cool and you're not um, going to tell us who that is, are you? I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'll tell you, actually it, it may have been announced today in the member digest i have no idea oh
0: um, so those of us who didn't read the member digest and it's highlighting are losing it out
1: exactly wow. exactly one more reason to become a member of Finos. i feel like i'm plugging everything here but <laughs> truthfully uh, i'm not trying to so so let's talk about um you know not only adoption but con- um but contribution um and I, I want to hit you know three of these at once uh, because I think that they're all relevant and also you know we're going to go back to the discussion both of you mentioned earlier was around security as well. So um, again, for those of you who can't see this, um, I have to find uh, the number. This is the middle one. The number of financial services organizations prohibiting open source contribution is down seventy percent. So that six percent in um, 2022 down from 20%. Um, those numbers seem weird. Let's just say that
0: that. <laughs> Read it in the <laughs> other order and it's fine. 2021, 20% <laughs> 2020. of organizations prohibited, prohibited contributions.
1: And now it's down to six. Um, and, and we we are going under the assumption also that that the majority of people that filled out the survey in 2021 filled it out in 2022. And then there were more people as well. Um, so again, like you said, statistics uh, can be more about the awareness, um, sometimes, but, but I think that, that that's fairly significant, um, you know, from year to year. And then the other graphic is organizations with OSPOs are almost three times more likely to encourage Um, contribution than those without. And then finally, this is the other thing that I want to pull into here is 48% of respondents strongly agree that improving security is a top reason for their organization, their organization should contribute to open source. This is up from 28% in 2021. So I can't, I was going to say a 20% increase. It's more than that. Um, But, um, but so, so the OSPOs are there as we've already determined. And they are, we believe that they're helping with the consumption, but now they're also encouraging con- contribution. And back to one of those reasons they could be contributing or encouraging contribution is to improve security on the open source projects that are helping drive you know, parts of their organizations, whether it's on the, you know, the, the DevOps side or if it's more in the middle or if it's, you know, on the front end as well. Um,
0: so uh, what say you?
1: <laughs> what say you to that?
0: Yeah, so that last one um, is 48% said that the reason they encourage contribution is to increase security. All right. uh, that's huge. Um, because it it's showing that we're finally we're finally succeeding at explaining that that meme of the uh you know there's this the guy in the tower <laughs> of parts that are all stacked together and then then somewhere on the left middle left side there's that single piece that's like yeah. hey this is maintained by some guy in his garage in Omaha yeah. right like we're finally getting that across is that when we leave Open source projects in the hands of one underfunded person or two, right? When we have underfunded, undercontributed projects, mm-hmm. they're go- they're going to be insecure, not because somebody incompetent is maintaining them, but because not enough people are maintaining them, and that's finally getting across. And then the other thing that's on the exact same point, but just reinforcing it from a different angle, is that in the past there and it, it still kind of lingers on, but there is this myth that. Uh, more eyes means more security. More Mm -hmm. people are looking at a project, so therefore there is more security on it. The reason that's a myth is because not everybody's actually looking at the code. They're looking at the project, they're not looking at the code. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't actually happen that we increase the security until more people are looking at the code. But who actually looks at the code, who actually goes through line by line? It's the contributors. It's the people who are there to solve a problem the ones that are actually looking at the code and realizing hang on we're not sanitizing that input right there let me let me let me stop you and maybe, and
1: maybe this is a contributor versus maintainer discussion that that i like the two of you to look at is um you know yes we we've always heard that more eyeballs um you know should make the open source project more secure and you're right it should be on the code but also You know, like um, uh, I looked at a member digest today, and so did five other people on my team, and we all saw different things. First of all, and then what I think might be interesting is um, a a small debate on what if the a contributor sees it versus a maintainer not seeing it, or you know, vice versa, or if it is, or if there's some maybe contention on how it should be solved um maintainer versus contributor um you know they both see something and and you know which direction do you go um just just wondering you know being in in that situation colin um you know what do you think what uh, what happens there yeah i i think in open source and in different
2: projects you maintainers can be more oh, what's the word not maybe more accommodating than others in some projects um and that that used to be more of a drastic hurdle to get over than it is today like you feel this this level of possession over the project and if you're so possessive that you won't allow contribution um is that truly maintaining you know that's another conversation for another day um but that aside i i kind of like so on the graphic, we didn't touch on one and we were th- when we were talking about it earlier, we were curious, like, why is this number a little different? Um, just to highlight, the uh, it says the ability for financial services employees to contribute to open source is up 75%. And we have on the infographic next to it that the number of financial services organizations prohibiting open, so- open source contribution is down 70%. So, you know, maybe where is this, where is this difference taking place? And I think maybe it's hidden in the numbers where people actually understand how to contribute to open source. Um, And maybe the OSPOs are enabling that not to to go back to that, but uh, it's more than just making it okay. It's encouraging people to contribute and it's letting them know how to contribute. Um, There's been a lot of energy and effort to make projects more developer friendly and accessible. And especially in the open source space in general, it's the importance of DevRel uh, and the other positions as well. And I'm curious if that's an indicator here is is that we're doing a better job of helping people understand how to collaborate, and to go back to to what I said earlier um, when we going you know going back to the Finos uh, the conference the state of um, open source finance right up in uh, New York it was. We, we go to a lot of conferences and in the conferences, you have the learners that are there and then you have the salespeople and the other folks that are walking around trying to do stuff. And a lot of times there's this, this void in between of the, again, the stakeholders, like the people that are the, the decision makers and even the, 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 financial decision makers, the technical decision makers, and they're not there. They, they're not at those conferences. And it was, it was really refreshing at um, at the conference in New York to see, actually, there there might be. an even spread. And and that gap was completely filled where the people that are, are CTOs and other folks at these conferences, they're talking in the lobby and collaborating with other folks that would just be collaborators, certainly not necessarily at their same executive level, but they're talking to them as peers, and they're talking about the projects that they're collaborating on, and they're actively contributing, and they're participating in those projects. And I think that's really, really interesting to observe in in financial services right now. And I, I just kind of wanted to highlight that a little bit. Maybe we're doing a little bit better of a job um, than other places by helping them understand how to contribute. And that's a big that's a, that can be a big hurdle sometimes. Picking up a brand new project from scratch, understanding how to make it run, put it in your infrastructure, um, understanding how many other problems it might solve or the ways that it might solve your particular problem compared to how you think it should and some other things, but providing guardrails back to people of, okay, if you want this feature, that's great. Here's how you can contribute back. Here's how you can create a feature request. Um, Maybe because now there's less prohibition and maybe more assistance, it's helping people do that active contribution. Um, and I really really like saying that again. That's that's where the innovation happens, and it, it's it's sometimes it's not enough just to point out a bug. Um, sometimes you need to create a suggestion of why is this a bug? How would you fix it? What's a better way? And just start that dialogue. Um, and if that dialogue goes, then we can start to flesh out. Okay, how would you? How should we be developing this project? What are some other things that can be um, shaken out of this? Uh, what what else can we learn? Um, as long as we keep encouraging people to actively contribute and letting them know what
0: contribution means, I think um, is a key there. Uh, I think I think you also touched on uh, on your visual. It was on the top right. It was uh, it had a little smiley face or a, or a, I don't know what kind of face it was little uh emoji yeah it's a smiley
1: this is really great. aggressive I'm,
0: smile though
1: <laughs> oh i'm <Yeah>. so
0: happy <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he looks yeah. like he looks like my baby taking a poo to be
2: honest oh there we go yeah. and this this makes me this i don't know like, as a developer you might see this and i, I certainly see this i'm kind of curious on. We your should take, probably read yeah. it out
1: loud but but yeah go ahead oh, oh sorry Fun and enjoyment are still top reasons respondents engage in open source software. Were you going to say that this is corny or something? To no, 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 about? no, no, no.
0: Colin, what were you going to say? certainly wasn't. Um,
2: <laughs> I, you know, I was going to make a remark about uh, just developer culture in general, um, and not to go back to the conferences, but... Uh, the a majority of the folks that I consider like peers and colleagues across whatever industry, and it doesn't, I don't need to silo myself into uh, a particular vertical, but uh, they are the people that I rubbed shoulders with that I went to not necessarily went to conferences with, because I don't want to exclude people who don't go to conferences, but there are people working on similar technologies that have similar goals. And there, there's a, a breakdown in the, personal life side of this, where I, I don't necessarily care where their paycheck comes from. I care about the things that they're working on and the projects they're interested in. And um, that, of course, goes back to open source. But is is that how you guys feel about the the serve space as well? Um, it's, it's, it's been highly competitive, right? People put up these walls and they don't want employees talking to other employees. But I imagine it's happening
1: anyway. But are you guys seeing a change in the climate? Related to that at all? Well, I'd be, Eddie, I'm gonna let you talk in a second, but but I would say that, Colin, the first thing you have to remember with these financial services companies is like we start every single open source project off with an antitrust notice. So so I mean like boom, straight off the bat. I I don't know that that happens, you know, in in other industries where you're doing open source projects. So <laughs> so that that right there almost. It can set a tone. Um, good or bad.
0: I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> it drives me, it drives me absolutely insane, but I, I'm I'm totally on board with the purpose of it. It just drives me insane because I have to read it every single week. Right. Because yes. our project has more community meetings than any other project because yeah, we, we have three we have three working groups now. Okay. So we have we have one meeting for each working group, and then we have the project meeting. So that's four meetings a month that I get to. Go through the uh antitrust
1: well if it if it means anything to you it, it made it so that james and i have to find a new time to make our meeting because you apparently scheduled right over um, i didn't schedule james it james did i know we i yeah. think you did that on purpose <laughs> i'll get you james um but, yeah, that's funny um, but, but
0: yeah, yeah i think that that's that's um that's playing into uh why there's a little bit more willingness to allow the engineers to actually participate in these conversations is like okay well i know that's through finos it's an official space i think that that contributes to it um i think something else that contributes is that there's sort of a uh, a more casual vibe in the finos space um and i can't exactly pinpoint like the reason for it but i'll i'll, I'll paint you a picture uh, an anecdote We were in uh, we were in Dublin uh, last fall and I saw Gab and I hadn't yet seen him at that conference. Uh, So I see him and he's like super intense, like way serious on this phone call. Right. And he's also wearing his uh, his blazer and slacks, which is very out of character. Um, I think he might have had a T-shirt on under the blazer, but he was dressed up. And I see him just like super serious uh, on this phone call. And he's he's pacing back and forth in like a three foot square because this this room is so crowded of everybody like drinking coffee and making small talk and stuff. Uh, But there's a little like pathway where people had mostly like left room for you to walk from one side of the room to the other. And I saw him like because he's taller than me, I can kind of see him over the crowd, right? And I see him come in my direction and he's super intense. He doesn't see me yet. So I take my coffee and I hand it to Sal. Sal Kimmich, she's amazing. Um, I, I, hand my, I hand my coffee off. And I said, hold this. And then I take a sidestep out, just one sidestep to get right in his way. And he just smashes right into me, right? Totally my intention. He's on this super serious phone call. He looks at me, totally surprised like he's about to apologize, realizes it's me. Shoves me to the side, keeps walking, right? And then I turn back. I was like, hey, can I come back? Thanks. And Sal looks at me. <laughs> Sal's like, how is the Financial Technology Open Source Foundation the least professional group that we have in the <laughs> Linux Foundation?
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> like, I do, do not have though. an answer
0: to that question, but I can tell you we're very casual. We enjoy each other. Yes. I think that's what it boils down to, and I think that might be part of um, like I could I could just list off people who I'm not even on their projects, right? But like Stephen Goldbaum, extremely fun, extremely yep. casual person who also takes his job very seriously and will not misspeak a word in his life. Sure, not, I do not have that in common with Stephen, <laughs> but um, these are just examples, right? There's people all across the community that are just very pleasant, respectful, enjoyable people yep. that increase the likeliness of other people being comfortable contributing and comfortable asking questions yeah no
1: that's um i I will tell you you know osff is one thing um but you know this year we're actually going to have a member meeting in in june and you know i mean some of us have Some of us have hair on, but, uh, but, uh, no, 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 but I mean, but as far as like, you know, the hair coming down, I guess, um, and, and the relaxing that, that even more so like, it's, it's really cool. Like you said, the, the, the hallway track, um, that, that happens at conferences, but then open source conferences, especially, um, you know, and, and where you have, you know, CTOs talking to, you know, vice presidents, which in the bank is, you know, the opposite of what you might think of vice president is um, that, you know, when you get to the member meeting or even some of the meetups that we've done as well, right. You know, like the, the, the talks that go on um, again, all above board trust you know, all the, all the way, but, but that, you know, it's, it's, constructive, it's helpful, it's purposeful as well. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, going back to that, fun and enjoyment i i look at it i look at a i was about to say statistic but an infographic like that and go uh yeah duh, right um you know I, again kind of campy um or hokey and but at the same time like go back to my general philosophy in life is if it's not fun or interesting what why the heck are you doing it in the first place um so so yeah i'm i'm i am hopeful that 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 continues to happen so that it's, it's not only the, you know, the um, letting, and it really is letting the developers, you know, work in this space because five years ago, you know, if you did not have a contribution policy, by the way, you weren't, it wasn't just that you weren't doing it for work. You know, it was, you were not allowed to contribute to anything outside of the, particular company you worked for, or you would be fired. So it's, it's, you know, that may not be a disclaimer, that may not be at all organizations, but for the most part that, you know, that was a thing. And so, you know, five years later, I, I mean, the fact that you can have fun and do it and, and actually get paid to, to, to work on open source, which you may have just done, you know, as a hobby before is incredible.
2: Yeah. I, just one quick, comment or question or something to field. It, we've talked with clients in the past about when we do development strategy or we, we talk about architecture and like, oh, what language to pick, what tools to use and, and things like that. There's sometimes if, if we're allowed to do it and I think it's really important, we make a conscious effort to, to pick accessible technologies and, and pick technologies that people are learning and are interested in and, and new things. And uh, you know, whether it's a, a new language or or maybe your job listing as a marketing tool and it actually needs to include things like Rust, Golang, WebAssembly, and some things that are really perk somebody up because we care about the technologies that we're using. And I, you know, I think using open source and your, your willingness to contribute and, and even your, your contribution, your donation of internal projects to open source foundations, right, like Finos um, and others, can be a huge marketing tool, but also create a massive accessibility tool or an engagement tool with developers that are, are historically in other industries that might not have in depth, raw domain expertise in finance, yeah. but have bring an incredible amount of wealth and expertise in other industries that are ahead. And it it opens the doors to allowing them to jump across industry and come work and innovate for those organizations. And
1: I I don't know, does that ring true with you guys uh, here? Go ahead Eddie. I've I've got
0: mine after you. (laughs) Okay. So, so um, does it ring true? Yeah. Um, There's, there's two sides of the thing that, that you were painting uh, as I was uh, taking your words and making a picture in my head. Um, There's two sides to this. One is the, one is the the technical leader, right the manager of sorts, and like he's the person with the headcount, and then on the other side, there is the actual engineer who has the backlog right and uh, and the person with the headcount does not want to enable you to change jobs right because especially in fin- it takes so long like i I had two positions that I was involved in filling uh. That were like critical, like we were like, we really need we really need somebody doing this. Uh, and I think from the time that we said, like, we really need somebody doing this, like expedite this, really focus on this, get as many people interviewed as possible. I think it was six months before the first person of the two w- w- was was uh logged in, which which is just well, right? So so as a leader, you you don't want to risk lowering your headcount by enabling your engineers to go somewhere else. Um but but and, and sticking with that uh well actually no let's go to the other side of the picture for a second the other side of the picture is um as a as an engineer you you very much want those the, those interesting moments right you want to kind of flexible but but you don't want to be seen as uh going off the backlog right wasting time because you're constantly getting drilled for like hey when is that feature when is that deliverable have you talked to somebody else um yeah, I mean, uh, Colin, you sent a message in chat about talking about like Terraform. Like, yeah, that's 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 a huge one that somebody might be interested in learning, uh, but wouldn't take the time to learn because we're using ARM templates already. And going and spending several hours, half a workday, even like to to learn Terraform and then redoing my ARM templates in Terraform is gonna be it's gonna be time off of the week, right? And and you don't want to be seen making that risk. Uh, but on the other side, so switching back to the other picture, uh, I'm reminded of a, a phrase, or it might've even just been a meme that I saw, where the, the basically person A is like, hey, why, why, would I, why would I invest in skilling up my people? Why would I spend time and money skilling up my people uh, when they might just leave us? And the response is, what if we don't skill up our people and they stay? It's like, oh God, yeah, no, there's a no brainer at that point, right? It's like, oh yeah, I don't want somebody who has today's skills three years from now. I need them to have three years from now skills. And so um, so when it comes to open source, not only are we giving that engineer time to actually do something that they enjoy that like increases their quality of life, but we're also allowing them to, what you said, brush elbows with other people from other industries who are really passionate about a particular technology. And usually the maintainers on those projects are going to be high performers on a specific thing. And so now your engineers are getting to spend time with 10x engineers, people that are, are extremely high performers, doing something that they enjoy. And so because they picked that project or or that project is somehow self self-guided for them, they're going to be more motivated and a better learner. So they're going to be learning it faster. They're going to be metabolizing it faster. And they're going to be learning it in an actual hands-on environment from somebody who is better yeah. than them so you're, you're actually getting a better investment in your time when it comes to learning and developing your people. It's just, uh, like I, I see the risk and I see the fear, but like, it's a no brainer and the companies that are actually making it, enabling this and making strides in that are because they understand that perspective. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> now I'm going
1: to show my age here because I don't remember if I said this to you during this interview or I said it before the interview, but yeah, I, I, I did say at some point today that, um, you know, when I joined this organization five years ago in the marketing sense, I was told, you know, do not, do not skew your messaging towards open source developers that are not within financial services. Um, and you know, again, coming from the open source world, like I was like, I do not understand the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. Um, but then i saw that it had a lot to do with the contribution policies you know that that these especially the banks did not have 5 years ago when we were looking at this and you know again fast forward over time you know you might i was i was explaining this yesterday actually it was kind of kind of cool to talk to a pr person about why you know why actually their company is a member of finos and then trying to go through and go Oh, we need to go back to what are the benefits of open source, which is cool. <laughs> but um, you know, and and as we we're doing that, it was just, you know, I, I could I could point to that. I could point to, you know, as you go along each year, it might open up to where you consume then you have like one, you know, one contributor, one developer that's allowed to, you know, go out and test the waters and then, you know, maybe three and then over time you get to where like an entire division and then you have an OSPO. And then, you know, again, the maturity level should get you to where it's, it's just what you do. And also you're a leader in it, which is I think where the two of you are eventually going. Um, But, but again, back then it was, you know, the contribution policies were not such that, that it, it did not make sense to, to market Any of this to developer, first of all, the developers that were in financial services, because, you know, unlike tech companies, tell me if you agree or not, most tech companies, the developers really have a lot of power. Um, And and, you know, they are the ones that that may be coming up with a lot of ideas that are actually pushing the company forward, you know, maybe not initially, but over time, um, especially in a technology based company. Well, guess what? Banks are technology companies now. And so that realization I feel has been coming. I, I I would like to actually put it into the next survey um, and, and, and see, you know, what the thought is, you know, are, are you, are you a money, I was going to say pusher, that's probably not the right word, but are you, you know, do you push the money around or, you know, are you a technology company and, you know, at your core and, and see what that means because then. You are giving developers and, and technologists more power to come up with the ideas that actually drive things, as opposed to just your classic decision makers. And you know, and again, we have incredible managing directors and CIOs and CTOs that we work with, you know, at the banks and at technology companies. But you know, as you get better talent and better talent through this, you know, through financial services in the technology world, you know, I, I think that again, they will. You know, success will be get success. Um, and and you will start to see you know maybe being a late adopter also is an advantage to all of this, right? Um, you know, we we've seen that before that okay, we're five to ten years behind. It's true. But maybe being a late adopter that you can see, I mean, you know, who are who are the other members of FinOS besides the banks? They are GitHub, they are Wipro, they are, you know, um, SUSE, you know, they are companies that, you know, Red Hat that have been around in open source for a long time and employ people that have been around in open source for a long time and, you know, have Google have been there, done that and, and can, you know, say, you know, not just an individual project, but also, you know, to, you know, the entire membership base like, hey, this is actually, you know, if you guys, we're letting you jump from here to here and you can't hear what I'm saying, but, but the points are moving from, you know, lower to higher. We're allowing you to joint from here to here because you can leverage what we've already learned by moving up this open source maturity curve. Um, and you know, back down to the developer level, um, you know, having those developers getting the better talent, you know, that, that just again increases everything, I believe.
0: Yeah. Um, when you look at the, the cloud native maturity model that Colin, you've actually worked a lot on, so I yeah, shouldn't sure. talk much. Um, the uh, there's there's both people and processes are considered in that model, and I think you're right. The the banks are getting a head start on on doing that without making a lot of the same mistakes that other industries have had to stumble through. That was the plan all along, right? Tell us, Colin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I you know I I do I want to give you a, a chance for somebody that's not. Uh, you know, that the starting to get involved. Um, I wouldn't have been able to get involved if it wasn't for some of the Finos projects. Um, I mean, right, FTC3 uh, for application interoperability. Uh, so like intent engines, that's an evolving space. Um, you know, compliant financial infrastructure is a really big one. That's what caught our eye. For. That's when I that's what I met you about, Eddie, the first time when you said, what the hell do you want from me? Uh, like, as if I was a sales guy, which I yeah, so anybody I guess that's ever met with me
0: will hear that. And yeah. I've, I've actually burnt a couple bridges because I'm like, thanks for the coffee. What do you want? Right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I actually appreciated that because it's like develop.
0: No, I just want to know how to contribute please help. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cool. Okay, cool,
2: yeah. cool, cool. Now, now, we, now we, we have we the tone. Look at a project so like, like CFI and it's like, it's essentially, it's saying, how do we do infrastructure as code? Um, And it it's playbooks and a majority of our learning takes place from copycatting. And so if I want to learn from a, a compliant heavy space, how they're doing things, what a better place to go look than to see a project in the open source space that's people are contributing playbooks of different ways to uh, deploy infrastructure. And if, on the other side, if I'm in these compliant navy spaces, what are other people doing? What am I allowed to do? What's OK? There's a ton of copycatting in those industries. And uh, I, I just I'm, I really appreciate what uh, Finos is doing with facilitating that because it does it builds those bridges and it gives us a chance to to learn from the industry and apply that to other places. But it also gives us an entry point, again, to move horizontally across the industry. Um, and I, I think that's critically important.
1: So let's um we've kind of seen we we've hit we've hit the what you guys do we've hit the uh consumption part we've hit the ospo part we've hit the contributor part um and then we've expanded on that a little bit in in different areas whether it's um different uh open source projects um or even you know open source foundations like you know um with CNCF um and I, I want to, you know, kind of wind, wind things down, but wind it up a little bit um, and, and talk a little bit about the future. Um, and, you know, again, five years ago, we, we've kind of talked about where we were. Um, but, you know, and I don't even want to go five years from now because who the heck knows? <laughs> I mean, that is, you know, we we, we may all be ants. And I mean, A-N-T. Colin does always yeah. seem
0: to know. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Good. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, pay attention folks. Um, oh but, um, but from each of you, you know, whether it's something that's specific that, you know, you're working on or specific to, you know, again, things that you're working on day to day in order that, that you're seeing, you know, a year from now, or, you know, just the industry as a whole, um maybe either way, um you know um looking at the future, looking at the next year or so and 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 i I say a year because you know in twenty twenty <laughs> and then twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two I've seen this foundation grow by leaps and bounds, but not only the foundation I've seen the number of projects, I've seen the number of contributors grow, um you know the awareness affected, you know that part of the statistical area like it's not just the statistics of being more aware, but it is actually like people are more aware. Um, you know, this isn't a household name and, and I don't even know that that's the point. It's like yeah. it, 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 where we were three years ago or has accelerated,
0: you know, immensely um, yeah. from Well, Let me, let me, let me tackle this first too. because I've, you, you, <laughs> you planted a really big seed and it already grew in my head. So, uh-huh. so, so uh, Colin, if you've already got a tree grown, then hold on to it for a second, <laughs> okay. hug your tree while I, while I go. Um, the uh, the thing that I think is um, probably the biggest overlap right now between uh, financial services and the rest of the world is I, th- I think the direction that things are going to be shifting the most in the next year. Um, and it's because everybody's been like waking up to the supply chain topic. Um, now, Selfishly, I got hired onto an organization that does supply chain because it's the direction that things are going to be very secure for the next few years. Because everybody's suddenly realizing like, oh, this isn't just an executive order from the United States, but this is something that is being looked at as a serious uh, source of compromise, right? Massive attacks are being done through the supply chain. And so even if you're not regulated to do it, you're suddenly realizing, Oh, that's something that we need to be tackling. Now, my CTO at, at the company that I work at now is just sitting over there shaking his head. He's like, I've been telling you guys this for 15 years. You finally waking up. <laughs> um, but but that just puts us in a good position because we're because we because we already have the tooling in place for it. But um we've seen that uh a lot of the banks are now asking the exact same questions as
1: Example the, Financial Services Company
0: sent me a list of questions that's identical to the list of questions that I got from.
1: Other big companies.
0: You know, these are questions that they're asking publicly. They're just like, how do we address these supply chain issues? That is our current biggest problem to tackle. And OpenSSF is actually uh, like sitting right at the middle of a lot of that. So you have people from CNCF, their end users that are coming. You have Finos end users that are coming, and. And both CNCF and Finoss are like uh, that particular topic is being addressed by OpenSSF, which is another Linux Foundation group. So there's no like competition. Nobody's worried about I'm just recommending you go over there. But um, I think that right now the end user group inside of OpenSSF is going to be holding a lot of the keys to the future on figuring out the answers to these questions about automating the supply chain, automating your S bombs, actually analyzing your S bombs. If you use Java, we just released a free tool that's pretty cool for analyzing SBOMs. Um, It's called Bomb Doctor, it's pretty cool. Uh, but but that's the kind of thing that is on the horizon right now. Actually automating all of those steps and getting it into your processes and your workflows of analyzing it and making decisions based on it.
2: Yeah, I think um the area that I'm hyper interested in right now that I see evolving Uh, dramatically is, again, it's around platform engineering. And I don't know that that is completely well-defined yet. I think we're all figuring that out. But it's essentially the tools, systems, and processes that developers use and follow to get their jobs done um, and to interoperate and collaborate with other parts of the organization. Um, How do we provide a developer with the, uh, the insight they need from deploying a workload that it has vulnerabilities, that it has Uh, It is creating um, open holes that it's not um, up to compliance. You know, in any number of things, especially with containers and a lot of the peril that security peril that kind of comes along with that out of the box because it's so easy to do this stuff now. Um, But you know, to 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 talk about that and and to piggyback on the security talk. There is such evolution in the tools and technologies that people use today, and it's getting easier and easier and easier to deploy applications and get them to live, that it means it's easier and easier to bypass um, security controls and other things. Um, Also, there are technologies that are evolving faster than industry can keep up around, like, how do we deploy serverless applications, you know? How do we spin up something and deploy it to Vercel or uh, a lot of these tools that that hobbyists and new developers are using or using and learning in their own time that organizations can't they don't have the same tools. They can't deploy things with those methodologies when they're in an enterprise space. And so how do we meet them in the middle or or create an environment using uh, certain tools to give them that ease of deployment-like experience. And I I don't want to get too bogged down in like the CI, CD, and DevOps conversation and all that. I mean, everything, um, you know, from supply chain to the security and the firewalls. Like, how do we help these teams work together and get the information they need from the same sandbox? What does that look like? And with the evolution of these tools, we're seeing things like we want to make, we want to use the tools to uh, loosely couple to some of the services that we're, uh, dependent on today, and we're seeing a lot of organizations that are like, "That's great, I have everything in AWS, but I, I want to do some stuff in GCP, or you know, maybe I want to do some stuff that's self-hosted and things there." So, there's a lot of evolution in those technologies that are happening, and uh, more organizations now have more control over over how they operate and the tools and things that they use, but. We need guardrails around that um, because the, the ecosystem is so expansive right now. We haven't hit that point of consolidation yet. Uh, we have in, in some services, obviously, especially with the big three on cloud services. But I, I think there's a lot more evolution that's going to happen in that space. And I'm right there with you. I think security has got to be the the driver for that. Um, we're adopting open source rapidly. We're not giving two thoughts on uh, in most cases for you know who's been maintaining that dependency, how many adopters does it have? Is it getting scanned? What is what's the whole shopping cart look like, right? The whole shopping list. Um, so I'm I'm really interested to see how it goes, but I think I'm really optimistic that I think fintech, fintech, finserve is in the driver's seat for that space, and that's why I'm here. I want to help drive that evolution and and bring some experience from other industries, but I kind of want to be along for the ride as well. Uh, And I'm really excited about where this stuff is going.
1: Very good, Um, Colin. Eddie and and I think uh, we've been around the world and back, and and I appreciate it. You know, this has been fun, Uh, Colin. I apologize that I didn't get to do it in person with you, but um, uh, episode. Yeah, maybe. If Eddie,
0: episode.
1: Yeah, maybe if Eddie would just move to. Columbia or we just moved to Austin, who knows? I, I you
0: know, I'm I'm always looking for an excuse to get back to, to Charlotte. That's pretty close this by. This is
1: true. This is true. Yeah. That's good. Or
0: yeah, or yeah. we could or we could just all go do this in London.
1: Um so there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. <dead. laughs> all right. Um, so uh, again, Eddie Knight uh, from Sonotype, uh, Colin Griffin from Chromeware, um, you know, thank you. Thank you for your insights, thank you for your time, and um, uh, looking forward to working with both of you, you know, over the next many years um, on different things. But um, uh, uh, let's do this again. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy listening to you. I again, I said it at the beginning. You know, you two are kind of my translators on some stuff that you know, like. I only know so much as the marketing guy but um um uh, but uh but i I appreciate what you do there but I again I appreciate this I always forget uh,
0: that you're marketing Grizz you're you're so savvy oh, oh thanks i
2: yeah you had me full Grizz
0: yeah <laughs> I'll pay oh really you. really this was an absolute pr- pleasure pleasure it's an absolute pressure pleasure too. I really really love getting to spend time with you guys you guys are brilliant love it thank you for inviting me on yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank both of you. And, um, right, let's now, do it again.
1: Yeah. Let's now that this,
0: this love fest is over our- <laughs> <Proof> next time <laughs> I, I will be watching for that calendar invite, bike Grizz. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, appreciate
1: it. And, um, with that, I'm going to say to everybody out there, um, good day, good night, wherever you are.